Paul Kuharski podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company, a Southern original since 2003. Hey guys, welcome into the Paul Kuharski podcast. I'm Madison Blevins and I'm happy to be back with you guys after having to miss out last week on the podcast. PK and I couldn't link up our schedules, but no worries because we are back this week and we have a lot to dive into. PK is ready to go on a lot of thoughts, of course, but to start us off, we have a conversation regarding the Titans' young scouts, Mike Rabel's involvement in drills at Alabama's Pro Day, people who also somehow think the Titans should be moving on from Marcus Mariota. We'll get PK's thoughts on that, and then later on in the show, we'll also hit on some free agents that PK would like to see the Titans investigate and some draft guys he's excited about right now. And then when it comes to the non-football stuff, we'll hit on an apparent award-winning movie that PK either likes or dislikes, we'll find out, and also one of his favorite days of the year. So we have a packed show today, and we're really excited to get started. But first, PK, I think that you have some big news to bring us about the site and this this podcast. This podcast, Madison, is now brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company. Uh, you might have, might have heard it at the beginning Woo! there. Southern Original since 2003. Their home office just down the street from where uh, I, I broadcast four hours a day with the boys on Midday 180. Uh, great people down there. Uh, a, a beer that really identifies with our town. And uh, it's good stuff. There's something for everybody. I'm a particular fan of the Hefeweizen year-round. I'm not one of these people that only uh, only put an orange in my beer in the summertime, uh, I'm willing to do it all year round. I'm, I'm thrilled to be connected okay. with them. Um, we hope to get you through a commute or a workout or whatever it is you do here. Please know that they are helping facilitate that and uh, pick up a six-pack or, or order a pint next time you belly up to the bar and uh, help us support them since they are supporting us. Exciting times. Glad to be back with Madison Blevins, who's been hard to connect with. She's very, very popular and very, very busy. So uh, we schedule these now at odd times. And I think she might have, uh, you might have bought out of a date tonight. That's my feeling. I don't know why you think that. I told you I didn't have a date, but I also, you know, it's, it's late. I wanted to record earlier today. So I, I gave you a lot of times this week that I could record and none of them fit your schedule. So I think you're the busy and complicated one in this duo. I was going to say, I, I had this later in the show, but I'd like to, I think we'd both <laughs> like to start doing them on Tuesday nights, except next Tuesday night is the night before free agency starts. And so it'd be moved too quickly. So I would like to get to a Tuesday night rhythm if that works for both of us. But Simon has soccer practice on Tuesday nights. It have to be later. And then um, next week it won't work because the free agency starts on Wednesday. So we'll have to keep shuffling as best we can. We will make it. We will make it work. Oh, well, as long as we're bringing a podcast once a week, that's all that matters, right? That is, uh, that is the ultimate goal. We will be with you once a week, chock full of goodness. And so uh, sometimes I have to do it alone. I did alone at the Super Bowl when we couldn't connect. I did alone at the Combine when we couldn't connect. I think those go relatively well, but I much prefer having you with me. Yeah, well, I enjoy doing it. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. Big day, Thursday, the Titans told DeMarco Murray that he's not coming back. What's the big takeaway from this development? 
Well, it's not a big surprise, I don't think. Uh, you know, you have a new coaching staff back uh, right at that 30-year-old mark uh, and a guy that broke down last year with a hamstring injury that uh, that surfaced and then resurfaced and then the knee injury that cost him uh, the last and biggest three games of the season, the, the must-win against the Jaguars. Uh, the playoff games in Kansas City and against New England, six point two five million dollars of savings for the Titans. Um, so that's a nice, uh, nice number to have there. But I think it's important as this comes down, and I think most most Titans fans are, are ready to move on. They want to see Derrick Henry as the lead guy. Uh, I, I expect he will be the lead guy. I don't think he's as good a uh, a three down option as Murray was uh, in 2016. Say so. I mean, Henry's going to be the lead guy. Odds are, I, I think you need a young guy now who can handle some of those third down duties. Uh, probably be a, a niftier pass catcher than Henry, uh, and be better as a pass blocker. And not a lot of running backs do a ton of pass blocking. Um, in college, but um, that that's not been Derrick Henry's strength. I think it's important to go back and look at DeMarco Murray, Madison. Uh, you know, the lasting impression is going to be what he just did in, in 2017, but he had an awfully good year in 2016. He had a big stake in, uh, in a big role in bringing this team back to respectability, and that's no small thing. He brought an intensity and a toughness that the Ken Wittenhunt Titans lacked. And uh, I, I thought it was a very valuable trade. It was John Robinson's first big move to trade for him. He didn't give up much. He managed to negotiate his contract down to bring him to a situation that he wanted to be in. But he had 293 carries, uh, nearly 1,300 yards, and six touchdowns that first year. He also caught 44 passes for another 322 yards uh, and, a, and a TD. That's an RB one year in fantasy terms. Um, and, uh, I, and people should remember fondly that, that he kind of helped, along with that offensive line, restore this team to respectability. So I think he holds a good place. The one thing I'll say, I had heard some rumblings that, um, you know, he's an awfully strong-willed guy. I hadn't heard rumblings about that. I know that for a fact, that he may have uh, really kind of controlled that running back room, uh, which is technically should have been run by Sylvester Croom the veteran coach who's no longer with the franchise. So a big transition now in terms of Henry at the front of the line and Tony Dews now the new position coach, uh, a younger guy who's coming out of the college ranks uh, who, who won't have to deal with as strong a personality likely as, as Murray brought. But uh, significant day for the Titans. I think there could be one more coming. Uh, Matt Castle doesn't save the same amount of money. That's a guy they need to be moving on from as well in my estimation. Well, in mid-January – Murray laughed off the notion that he was not going to start in the NFL. With If that's with the Titans or any team, he said he believes that he's confident in himself and that he's excited for the future. He said he's excited for his future and that he knows what type of player he is. So do you think that this comes as a shock for DeMarco? Well, I would think that they were were warming him up to it. Listen, you know, I don't have a problem with every guy in the league having a mindset, every successful guy in the league having a mindset that he's going to be surprised any time somebody doesn't want him. It's kind of the confidence you want your football players to have. Um, but I didn't hear anything about them going to him offering a reduction in salary. Uh, you know, I think at best he'll get like a, an incentive-laden deal worth 
three million dollars, which would be half of what he was scheduled to make. Um, and there's a role for him probably somewhere in the league, though it'll end quickly. It ends quickly for all of these guys, especially an, an aging running back. Um, but you know, look, there are going to be injuries and stuff. He's not going to be somebody that's signed uh, right away now when he hits the waiver wire. Whenever they officially put him on it, um, he's not going to be a first tier free agent. He's more likely to be a, a training camp time guy or a somebody gets hurt somewhere and and they need to bring him in. Uh, it's also important that the Titans are you know moving towards more of that zone blocking scheme. And uh, in my estimation, that's kind of what they were doing in Philadelphia that he didn't work very well in. So uh, needs to find the right kind of offense, and the Titans are moving away from that kind of offense. Well, if the Titans do wind up drafting a running back to help fill that running back position, it'll probably be a young scout who wrote that initial report because isn't it that most young scouts now are writing the majority of those scouts, right? Well, the Titans don't have any old scouts anymore. So they got young scouts writing all the reports. And John Robinson wrote out this the site, you know, is co guys up to, uh, to, to bring – uh, the scouting department, the sort of reports that he wants, these vivid, colorful uh, illustrations of, of a player. And um, that's very interesting. You know, we talked, Hutton and I, uh, for the Midday 180 up at the Combine, where the zone sent us, talked to uh, Bill Polian, amongst others, and I asked him kind of about J-Rob now having this young uh, staff of scouts, and he laughed at me. He said, you know, if they're, if they're old, you write a story about them being old. And now they're young, and you write a story about them being young, you know, and and that uh, you can bring guys up, you know, for Bill Poley, and he brought guys up like Tom Telesco and um, uh, Dave Caldwell, who are now general managers, respectively, for uh, for the Chargers and for the Jaguars. But uh, if you look at the Titans scouting staff, John Salji heads up uh, the college department. He's director of college scouting. You've got TJ Early as a college scout. You've got Wes Slay as a, as a college scout. Uh, you've got, uh, sorry, uh, Brandon Taylor, Patrick Callaway, Mike Boney, Dale Thompson. These are young guys, average experience in the NFL. And this includes those, those beginning jobs, you know, where you're probably getting a lot of coffee for people. 8.3 years of experience heading into this draft. And the staff that Robinson inherited in 2015 had almost 23 years of experience. That's a big difference. And I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing worth noting here. Robinson started out as a college scout with a region like these guys. Um, now he's looking to shape some guys the way that Belichick and the Patriots staff shaped him. But uh, it's unusual. This is by far the youngest college scouting staff um, the Titans have had since they moved to Tennessee. And so it'll be interesting to see how these guys, uh, how these guys pan out. And, uh, you know, the big thing I talked to a young scout with another team, you know, you got to have conviction. I imagine there's some temptation that when John Robinson hires you, you kind of want to agree with John Robinson, but that's not necessarily what John Robinson wants. John Robinson wants guys that will go against the grain if their conviction tells them to go against the grain. Uh, and that's the challenge for these guys. So we won't find out too much about how they do, uh, except over time. And, uh, you know, if, if people from their region are hits on this team, well, they will have had a hand in that. So, so we'll learn mostly through that. Well, at Alabama's pro day, Mike Vrabel was in the middle of some drills and 
you know, I've seen mixed reviews on that. What's your take on that? Yeah, it's funny. So I heard somewhere people saying like, isn't that great? Like, couldn't you imagine just being a kid, uh, a player at Alabama, going out to linebacker drills and, and working with Mike Vrabel and thinking that's the coolest thing ever, an NFL head coach out there. I don't think he's the first one. You know, I, John Harbaugh uh, played some significant catch with uh, with some quarterback prospects. But also, that's who runs these drills. Uh, you know, maybe not an NFL head coach, but NFL coaches. Um, and, uh, you know, are regularly running these drills. That's who ran the combine drills, you know, guys put in and, uh, and try to get involved. And some wide receiver coach from the league is at the head of the wide receiver drills at the combine, et cetera. So, uh, I don't think it's anything that distinctive about Rabel. It's funny. One of the videos, Madison, that I saw of him doing it was maybe 30, 35 seconds. And you could hear somebody in range of the person who is filming it say, Boy, that Vrabel loves an audience, which I think is also unfair. I don't think it's a big deal that he's doing them. We shouldn't be throwing him a parade. I also don't think we should be shooting him down like, hey, look, Mike Vrabel's trying to get in the middle of the drill to be seen. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't doubt that Mike Vrabel has a, an ego and will want to be seen in certain circumstances, and that's fine. That's not what he's doing there. And, uh, you know, look, they're trying to get up close uh, information about people they might draft. And uh, if you're Mike Vrabel and you have a chance to get that up close to a team that has some pretty damn good linebackers, uh, he's smart to be jumping on it. Yeah, well, okay, I'm I'm really excited to ask you about this because rumor has it there is an annoying take that has been going around this week. Um, Might be regarding a specific quarterback. Yeah. Please elaborate. I hear this once in a while, and we've got one – caller who's becoming an arch enemy of mine on the midday 180 uh who, who threw it out this week you know if you he said at least if you could get a king's ransom for Mariota, shouldn't you trade him uh or other people you know Mariota's coming off a bad season saying and this isn't the, they're convinced this isn't the guy you know they should be positioning themselves to move on it's just not how the league works i mean he's going into league four uh, year four excuse me he's still very inexpensive they have now his the inability of the last coaching staff to help him maximize his skills cost them their job, and so they're now brought in Mike Vrabel, and Mike Vrabel brought in Matt Lafleur, and Matt Lafleur had a hand in bringing in an offensive staff that are going to put Mariota in a situation where he could excel. This isn't the point in time that you want to go a different direction or think about going a different direction. This is the point in time where you should be super excited, saying. We are now going to see this guy in the type of offense that he should have been in from the start, and we're expecting amazing things. Uh, you, people make it sound like you can move on from a quarterback very easily. I mean, say that the Titans this completely hypothetical nonsense. The tr- Titans could trade Mariota to, uh, to the Browns for number four and number 32. Well, then they're going to draft his replacement at number four, and we don't know. Half of these quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round might be good NFL players. Half of them are almost definitely not going to be good NFL players. And then the Titans will be starting at square one again already. I mean, I understand concerns about Mariota, bad production last year. You can flip it and say, you know, uh, he cost Malarkey and Rabisky their jobs, though I don't see it that way. And I understand the concerns about him getting dinged up because he's been dinged up all three years of his career. 
But this is still a guy, a vast majority of teams, a good majority, half of the league, not a majority. Half of the league's not a majority, Madison. I'm not that good at math, but I got that down. I would say 15 to 12 teams in the league would happily trade their quarterback circumstance to have Marcus Mariota. Right. Uh, you know, now if he has a lousy year this year, if somehow this offense doesn't work, if he repeatedly gets hurt again at the end of this year, are you in a trouble spot where you have a lot more to decide about him? Yes. But right now, still cheap, still not completely tapped with coaches in place. This is all about Mariota. There's nobody in the organization thinking about any scenario where he doesn't pan out, except they should be thinking about the scenario where they get him a better backup. I heard you ask Vrabel last week on the Midday 180 about, you know, why he doesn't answer the question on a lot of this is built around Marcus. What was his answer to that? I mean, I feel like he didn't really give you a straight on answer, but why won't he put more emphasis on his quarterback? Yeah, he did kind of avoid it a lot. In, in, he doesn't answer a lot of Marcus questions with a lot of Marcus specific stuff. And he didn't answer that Marcus question with a lot of, uh, Marcus specific stuff. I don't think, uh, I mean, there's nothing nefarious about it. He and, and Robinson are very, uh, pointedly focused on this, um, uh, team first and, uh, everybody, everybody, uh, is in and has a role in it. He said to us on the radio, I'll be reluctant to talk about him, you know, much at any stage. He said, I want everybody to understand how important it is that we all play a role in the success of the player. And I think Marcos will like that. Marcus doesn't, Mariota doesn't like being talked about, uh, so much that way. But, um, but this guy's the centerpiece and there's no avoiding it. And they're going to have to, uh, he's going to have to talk about him. Uh, or he's going to get awfully repetitive at avoiding questions about him. And I don't think there's any avoiding him. And I don't think Mike Vrabel's going to be unreasonable. On the first day that we see Mariota practice in this offense at OTAs and at training camp and in playing it in a preseason game and all that stuff, the, the first questions, a, a good percentage of the questions are going to be about the quarterback. The quarterback's always the biggest story. And Mike Vrabel's voice is going to be in those stories. But at this stage, He's working uh, away from singling him out, and that seems kind of like a uh, a philosophical thing, which is not you know necessarily unreasonable unless unless this becomes a team unwilling to talk about its quarterback down the road. And again, I can't I can't envision that happening. I feel like free agent wide receivers are guys that Titans fans are always wanting to talk about. Do you see any holes in these top three? Yeah, I see a lot of holes in this in this market. Um, you know, and we've talked about the Titans' massive failures in in wide receiver free agency. Yancey Thigpen, uh, twenty years ago, Yancey, as you you like to call him, the, the French <laughs> pronunciation. Um, David Givens, who quickly uh, blew out a knee and was never heard from again. Nate Washington panned out. Rashard Matthews is panning out. But the guys that everybody wants to talk about in this free agent class are, are Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson. Now, they both really only had one great year. So they're reaching free agency. Do you want to spend huge dollars? Watkins had uh, in 2015 his second year in Buffalo, 60 catches, uh, 1,047 yards, nine touchdowns. Very solid year. Uh, Robinson in the same year in, in Jacksonville, 80 catches for 1,400 yards. And 14 touchdowns. It's a fantastic year. But the next year, 
his yards per catch dropped from 17 and a half to 12.1, which was significant. He's coming off a torn ACL. Robinson, I think, ran a 4.6 at the combine. It's not, not the sort of blazer you want if you're really spending huge money. Watkins, you know, obviously is connected to Matt LaFleur because they were together last year with the Los Angeles Rams. But Watkins had 39 catches last year, 593 yards. The, the only good number, impressive number, was eight touchdowns, which is very nice output, eight touchdowns on 39 catches. He ran a 4-4-3 at the combine, so he is a speedster at least. Um, but I can't see spending the kind of money the market's probably going to dictate there. And if he gets a one-year prove-it deal or a not great deal, I would think uh, he would take the one with the Rams. Um, we're going to head to break here shortly. And, and on the other side, when members come back, I, I'm going to tell you about some receivers that I think are, uh, are the less, expect- less expensive kind of options that, that might, uh, you know, bring a bigger reward to the Titans if they pan out. And, and wouldn't crush them if they didn't pan out. Those are the kind of guys they usually look at. Those are the kind of guys I would expect that they would look at. Maybe Watkins. I'm scared to death of Robinson. Just, uh, I'm not scared to death of him. I think he's a good player. Guys recover from ACLs all the time, but he's a big, uh, a big physical, not blazing fast receiver. The Titans have some of those. You know, Corey Davis should be that guy. Yeah, well, all right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for part one, which, as we know, is available on iTunes. And if you guys want, please feel free to drop us a star rating, write a review. We love the feedback. And as well as you can go to the Vocal website. Um, if you are listening at paulkaharski.com, just stay tuned. And just after a short pause, we'll pick up right where we left, left off with more just really good stuff that you're going to want to hear from PK about. Um, that's for members only, including the award-winning movie Paul is most familiar with, which I'm really curious about. I feel like I might have a little guess about what it, what it is. but I'm, That'll be a fun game, you guessing. <laughs> I'm excited to know. Um, and also what he expects from the Titans and free agency and players he'd like to see the Titans check out as well, and also some current draft prospects he's excited about. So if you're not a member, I think that you should be. You get access to everything Paul writes. You're in his private Periscope, say in Facebook Lives, I will put you in there personally. And you're a part of his members-only Facebook group where we've built a pretty good community. And of course, the weekly podcast that you're listening to right now. And they are now sponsored by friends at Kazoo. Madison, I know next time you're at a bar, uh, bellying up to a bar, you'll be grabbing uh, their Hefeweizen, uh, as will I. Bellying up to the bar. What? That's that's an old school expression. I'm not making it like you have a belly. It just means like where you lean up against the bar. That's bellying up. Whether you have a big belly or a small belly, you belly up to a bar. I know, so, but you said that twice. Have I I've said twice? Did that. I say it at the beginning? Say it now. Yeah, yeah. You did. That's the way we talk. We're really excited. They've signed up to be a part of things, uh, and the two of us will be busting it here for them and for everyone who listens during a commute, during a workout, wherever uh, wherever you listen. Uh, after a commute or a workout is, frankly, the perfect time uh, to open yourself a Yazoo. So uh, jump on board with that. 
And if you're a really big Titans fan, you're going to want a new jersey when the uniforms come out in the 1st of April. You're probably going to get tickets to the big game and all the Titans talk that you can listen to on the radio and watch on the TV. And these days, being a fan just isn't complete if you don't have a membership to paulkuharski.com. It's bottled water for Titans fans. So members, stay tuned for part two. The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.